catch up on everything Amy and Billows at hit.com.au. Very excited to be joined on the line now by Nazim Hussein. He's got a new show starting tonight at 8.30 on Prime 7. It's called Orange is the New Brown. Good morning, Nazim. Good morning. How are you guys? Oh, mate, fantastic. And great to have you on the line. Mm. First up, tell us a bit about the new show. Uh, well, uh, oh, Sketch show is probably, uh, I reckon, Australia's most exciting comedians at the moment. You know, a whole lot of, uh, you know, face that you might not have seen before, as well as, um, uh, whoa, just trying to get in the car and nearly get myself killed, uh, as well as, um, you know, some famous faces, including, like, you know, Claudia Carvin, Tim Minchin, Sigrid Thornton, Cat Stewart, Farah Durrani. But really, it's just a messed up sketch show where we kind of got to do whatever we wanted with not much supervision. So, yeah, I think it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's a pretty crazy lineup. I mean, the fact, like, these days, Tim Minchin is, like, world famous, so he was quite a coup to get, I imagine. Oh, unbelievable. Um, and so, so excited that he uh, not only kind of got involved, but, like, really got involved with the ideas and, um, you know, uh, on on, the, on set would be riffing and coming up with ideas. And in a way, you think, oh, yeah, super important people sort of not really... Uh, much time sort of thinking about the script. They've probably got bigger things to do, but they really got quite involved and they, they're they probably as successful as they are because they care about every, every single project that they're involved with, even if they're seemingly small. But yeah, you know, he, uh, he, was, he was fantastic to work with. It was just, yeah, it was, it was quite surreal seeing him on set with Kamal. Uh, <laughs> it was just sort of, it was just like a, a sight I thought I'd never see. <laughs> Having how? script arguments and stuff like that, that was bizarre. Fantastic. Because <laughs> how was it actually writing it? Because I couldn't imagine writing something like that. And from what I've seen, it looks hilarious. What was it like <laughs> working with all those, <laughs> the key talent? <laughs> well, one of the best parts of sketch show is actually kind of the brainstorming and the just riffing around the writer's room. So, you know, it was myself and a couple of comedy writers, Joel Slacks with Richard Thorben. And then we had like a, a whole bunch of guest writers and we were just sitting in a room just Try to make each other laugh if it was funny enough to get on the board, and then we'd just, you know, we start to develop it. And then we would actually write the sketches with the talent in mind. So, you know, um, we'd go, right, if Tim's going to do this, then what would Tim do? What would he be comfortable saying? And then we'd call him up, and he'd, he'd come in with script notes, and we'd riff on the on speakerphone. And um, so, I sort of, yeah, you sort of have to try and get the, I reckon, the comedians involved that are going to play the part, as opposed to just handing them a script once they've been cast. So it was, yeah, it was. Uh, it was, it, was, it was fun, actually, because they, Sigrid Thornton, like, she, she, it was her idea to do this kind of crazy fertility doctor and play a super sexy kind of character. <laughs> it was, uh, she, you know, she she, uh, she kind of came up with a lot of the beats and the comedy angles, so, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. It was really, yeah, I mean, if I, if I never do another thing again, I mean, that would really suck, but <laughs> yeah. we had a good time. Uh, the show is Orange is the New Brown. It's on 8.30 at Prime 7 uh, tonight. Now, something that always uh, cracks me up, and it seems to happen to you quite a bit, um, is that you get mistaken for other people in the entertainment industry <laughs> quite a lot, and it just kills me every time. Uh, but who is the one where you were like, man, that's just not even close? Because I know you I know okay. you get Waleed from the yeah. project quite a bit, for example. Waleed all the time. Okay. Matt O'Kine. Um, when I was, uh, you know, my wife was pregnant, we just had a kid until six months ago, and we were in the, uh, we were getting the ultrasound done, and the woman, she, she kept, I was stressed out, because I'm like, this is where you find out, like, how many arms and legs and fins or whatever, like, this is where you figure out what you've got, and she stopped and started going, oh my God, you're that comedian, I said, yeah, yeah, can you just get back to it, she goes, you're that comedian that tells stories about growing up in Egypt, I said, what, no, that's Akmal, what are you talking about? <laughs> She had this log argument with me about how I'm Akmal. I'm like, I'm definitely, I'm sorry, I'm not Akmal. I'm from, I'm from Sri Lanka. My parents are from there. I was born here. She said, no, you tell, why did you tell stories about Egypt? I said, I didn't. I didn't. Talk to me about the baby. 
It was, so that was really weird. The um, audacity <laughs> of telling you you're wrong about the stories you tell yeah, and your yeah, upbringing. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely yeah. love it. And I think she thought that I was making a joke by lying about not telling jokes about being Egyptian. And he's bald and a little bit shorter than me. Uh, anyway. Absolutely. Probably. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Only in Australia. Uh, Nassim Hussain, the show is Orange is the New Brown. It's on 8.30 tonight, Prime 7. I cannot wait. It's an all-star lineup, and I think it's going to be absolutely brilliant. So good luck and thanks for your time, mate. Thank you very much. A man has just woken up out of a coma after 12 years. That's mind-blowing. I mean, first of all, for his family, that must be absolutely astonishing. Like, all the hard yards. 12 years is a long time. It's a long time. So he had his mum look after him every single day. Oh, uh, my God. So she would bathe him, feed him, all that kind of stuff. And as a result, um, obviously of other things, he's woken up. But 12 years, what has happened in 12 years? Imagine some of the mind-blowing things you could tell a man who's been unconscious for 12 years. Like, I mean, imagine waking up from that and being like, who's the president of the US? You're like, Donald Trump. You're like, the, what? The, the, the Donald Trump? You're like, yeah, that one. Uh, he's the president. The cel- yeah, the, the business owner, the yeah. celebrity. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. What about celebrity deaths? Like some really key players. Oh. We had Robin Williams, George Michael. Uh, Prince. Oh, David yeah. Bowie. Exactly. Like, imagine telling him, like, oh, you, you were big fans of them? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, All sorry. gone. They've passed on. What about the fact that there's been, I love this, eight Fast and the Furious movies? <laughs> Not just one. Wait. <laughs> remember the Fast and the Furious? Yeah, I think I remember, yeah, two of them, and I think there was a bad one as well that didn't really fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it had a research. Yeah. They're up to eight, nine, and ten are in the works. Yeah. You'd be like, wow. What? But also, over the last 12 years, there'd been massive developments in the digital and social age. Um, what about the iPhone? The iPhone had it launched before he went into a coma. So what year is it? It's 2018, 12 years, 2006. So It was 2007 at 2007. first launch. Yeah. So like, there was just starting to get uh, cameras in phones, basically. Yeah, exactly. And we so now, basic phones. no one owns a digital camera anymore, except photographers, essentially. Yeah, yeah. so he would have gone into a coma with, with phones, different cameras, all that kind of stuff, and now iPhone. Mind-blowing. Oh, God, the catching up that guy has got to do. I do not envy him. You are a dickhead. The biggest dickhead. You are today's biggest dickhead. This is a big world with lots of dickheads. But you are the winner today. Who's today's dickhead of the day, Amy? Uh, I've got a teacher here, Billows. Now, you know when we were younger and whenever we'd watch a movie, the teacher would roll out that really daggy old TV? Big TV that's being bolted down with some metal and a video player under it because we didn't even have DVD players yet. We're showing our age. Yeah, exactly. On a trolley into the screen. Well, these days they have things called technology uh, and generally they'd play it off a computer onto a projector screen really large. Now, unfortunately, this teacher had something else on his computer. And when he clicked into the film, the wrong film came up and he ended up showing a classroom full of children's porn. How old are we talking? Do we know that detail? The children, not the porn? No, I think they're high school age from what I can see in the um, pictures. Yep. But, uh, so it's not young, young children. Yeah, okay. Either way, it doesn't matter because you're showing porn in a classroom. Oh, def- definitely. But it's uh, I if you were to say, hey, you've got two choices, you're going to accidentally show a room full of six-year-olds porn mm. or a room full of 16-year-old porn. Yeah, I yeah, know which one, don't. which audience I'd prefer. Both wrong. No right answers. Just a less 
worse answer. Yeah. The thing is, uh, what I want to know is, why does he have that on his work laptop? Uh, as someone who has worked in a school's <laughs> IT department, yeah, that is very, very common. Really? Oh, <gasps> yes. That is terrible. Like, yeah, we um, every, even like our, the students at the school that I worked at all had laptops, and we'd be fixing them up, and yeah. uh, every now and then you'd be like, um, okay, we fix your computer. Mm-hmm. By the way, have you got? Uh, is your dad or older brother using your computer at all? Yeah, why is that? Can you tell him from me to stop? Oh wow! Uh, because he's slowing down your computer. Just tell him that he's slowing down your computer a bit, mm-hmm. and uh, that I told you to tell him that, and all should be fine. <laughs> not uncommon, Amy. Not oh, uncommon. Oh wow! So anyway, that that's happened to this guy, and uh, he's our dicket of the day. Yeah, I think he's earned that one. <laughs> Time for a bit of naughty or sporty at 6.40. What do we got, Amy? Billows, I have a naughty and a sporty. Oh, the rare naughty sporty. Look at us go. Hit us with it. When I found this, I was like, yes, Yes. we've got sport. Uh, So Dutch fans in in Europe, um, I'm going to try and give this a go. Okay. Rins (laughs) Bergy. No. It's not that at all. I don't know what's right. I just know that's not. (laughs) It's a football team. Uh, Dutch fans for this football team had hired a bussy tattooed stripper to run out onto the pitch, (laughs) basically to get everyone excited, uh, put the other team off. But uh, she's she's running out in pretty much clad in nothing. Uh, She's got a whole bunch of tattoos and she's carrying a flag. Not sure exactly what the flag is. But uh, basically, Dutch fans are really going for the sexy football look. <laughs> okay, so let me let me get. There was a lot of details there. Busty tattooed stripper, yeah, hired by the cheer squad, yeah. to run onto the ground and distract yeah. the other team, yeah, and also get their team really excited. And riled up for the so, game. So their plan is that the stripper will distract the other team yeah. and make their team happy. Yep, yeah. How are they making that distinction? <laughs> like, this will throw them a curveball and we'll enjoy it. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, they didn't. It didn't work because they didn't win in the end, which is a bit of a shame because, you know, good on them for trying something different. I like to think that everyone won that day. <laughs> I think everyone Except didn't. that stripper who probably got arrested for invading the pitch. But apart from that... All winners. Hey, I think she's a winner as well. She got paid for it and then she went on to a normal stripping job. So she had a busy day that day. You know what? She has had a great day. Everyone's a winner in this story. (laughs) Amy, yesterday I saw you take your phone out to set an alarm because you needed to set yourself a reminder. Mm. And I've never seen someone scroll on an alarm (laughs) screen. How many alarms have you got set on there? I've kind of got myself into a situation where I've been doing a new alarm for every time I need to put an alarm in my phone. Like, no no jokes on yeah. Raja. There must be a hundred alarms on there. Oh, it feels like it. Because, well, A, I'm nervous about and not waking up in the morning. That's fair. No, I know, get that. I'm, I'm not great at waking up. So I do about four alarms in the morning. Yep. But then when I get home, if I have a nap, I'll set another alarm and it's usually a different time. And then if I have a reminder or whatever it is, I set another alarm. So I've kind of got myself in a situation where I've got a lot. So you never reset an alarm, you just add new ones every time. The only time I reset one is in the morning, because generally it's the same time, but every other time it's a completely new alarm. That is absolute chaos. I know. Like that, I just... Multiple alarms. And funnily enough, I set one a little earlier, I think it was yesterday, and it was a completely different sound to my normal alarms. So I went from a really loud screeching sound to my normal alarms, and it just completely threw me. My God. I mean, I'll, I'll just get my phone out now. Mm. What can you see what on my got? screen there? You've got three. Three. <laughs> Two for the morning. 
just in case I accidentally turn one off and not snooze it. Yeah. And one that I reset if I'm having a nap or something like that. That's all you need. Yeah. My, my boyfriend's got the same. He's got three and he'll have two that he'll he'll play around with. And then, yeah, he just has the one normal one. I just worry, to, worry about you and your life. I just feel it's organised <laughs> chaos at times. Just up to your eyeballs in alarms. I'm... I know. I've never had this before, but it's just gotten out of control recently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. I started <laughs> I with one know. alarm and now I can't go back. <laughs> Now, before I start my whinge, Amy, I will point out that I understand that this is a super first world problem, oh, and it's, it's a, not even a proper issue. It's a very, very minor inconvenience. And you'll know as soon as I start the story that you're not going to feel sorry for me at all. No, I don't. But feel it's sorry annoyed for you. the hell out of me. <laughs> so last year, my mum told me the news that for uh, my 35th birthday, my sister's 40th, and my mum's 65th. Yeah. She was shouting us and our families a cruise. Oh, that's lovely. A nice celebration It's going to be great. It's uh, next year. Very excited for it. Have been for a while. Mm. Now, when uh, she told me this, she knew that we were, Carly and I, were planning on having children as fast as possible after the wedding, which yeah. ended up happening. So we were all prepared for that. Okay. Now, when uh, little Nicola was born, uh, I went to the website for them and I couldn't figure out if the minimum age was six months. Or 12 months, because there was two conflicting pages. And so I got mum to hit up the travel agent, who hit up the company and said, she's going to be nine months old at the date of the cruise. Is that okay? And they said, yes. Fine. Brilliant. All systems go. Mm. They get back to us the other day and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You've got a nine-month-old baby on this itinerary. And we went, yeah, we told you that. Yeah. And they said, she needs to be 12 months old before she comes on the cruise. What? So we've had to push our cruise back until Nicola hits one. So now my holiday, which I haven't paid a cent for, is later in the year. So you've got a holiday at the end of the year, yep. and now your cruise for next year is pushed back a little further. That's right. I've got to wait another three months for my free holiday. And you're still going on a cruise. It's yeah. just a little bit later on. Yeah. yeah, I don't feel bad for you. Yeah, it's hard to no. feel bad for me, but... Still, try. try. <laughs> I <laughs> hey, don't feel bad. We're talking first world problems, so give us a call, 13 12 16. We'll give you a chance to whinge about whatever it is yeah. you need. 13 12 16. Uh, so, Amy, you've got a first world oh, problem, surely. Oh, this is really annoying me lately. Yeah. Uh, we've got a bin in our kitchen here at work, yep. and it's got a lid, and it's a really old school black bin. Yeah. Uh, someone's been putting the lid on lately, so every time I need to use the bin, I have to lift the lid off, put it on the ground, put my food in there, and then put the lid back on. Yeah. I just, I can't handle it. I feel just as sorry for you as you do for me right now. <laughs> 13, 12, 16, we're talking first world problems. Give us a call, 13, 12, 16. And we're talking first world problems because, Billows, you were complaining to me early in the week about having to move your cruise back a couple of months. Yeah, that's right. So now, instead of waiting nine months till my cruise, I have to wait a year. Aww. Did I mention it was a free cruise Aww. that my mum's paying for me? <laughs> That's why we're talking first world problems today. So 13, 12, 16, Tina joins us. Tina, have you got a first world problem for us? Yeah, I keep having to buy new iPhone cases because my fake tan is staining all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mate, I feel you. I've had a lot of problems with fake tanning things. so annoying because I've got a clear case and they start off clear and they go like this pinky tinge. Yeah, oh, yeah, I hear you. I've I, got that with my pillowcase at the moment. Oh, that's <laughs> cool. Oh, so I annoying. actually know this a little bit because when my now wife Carly first moved in, mm. all of a sudden my house had just all the light switches, just yep. a bit of a foundation colour to it, just every surface. So yep. I, I'm not a big fake tanner, but I can get on board with this one, <laughs> Tina. It's so annoying. Yep, nope, fantastic. Classic so, first world problem there. Yeah, maybe next one could be a darker colour. 
Yeah. Just saying. That wouldn't be a bad idea. I should stop buying white iPhones, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just get a tan coloured iPhone case. Problem solved. I also have white bed sheets. Now I'm thinking about it, I really yeah. have not thought this through ever, have I? No, you, you don't have dark. You don't really have first world problems. You've just got poor decision making skills. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I for, do. Thanks for your call, Tina. Thanks, guys. Billows, we worked out yesterday. It's uh, three pays for us until Christmas. Scary. I know. It's really scary. Yeah. But still, plenty of time to go shopping. Uh, my partner, Nathan, yesterday said that he'd already been shopping for the last couple of months for Christmas, and he's pretty much done wow. with all of his presents. I'm impressed because what? I've started my Christmas shopping, but I mean, I definitely haven't finished, but I've definitely put a nudge in it. Really? Yeah. I feel like it's way too soon because for me, when I'm in the lead up to Christmas, I love the whole like festivities. I love everything that Mm -hmm. happens, but I like it when it happens in December and I like it when it's really close to Christmas. So when I'm shopping, there's all these Christmas decorations and it feels like I'm part of Christmas and I'm not just buying random gifts. Okay. So yeah, I appreciate that and getting into the festivities and that sort of things, but Mm. I hate Christmas shopping. So I don't see that as a positive part of Christmas. I don't enjoy doing it. So it's not a part of Christmas that I enjoy, so I don't care when I do it. Plus, what's your current financial state, Amy? Oh, that's not great. So would you? do you think it's a good idea to jam all your Christmas shopping into one pay the yeah. day before Christmas? Yeah, because then I have an excuse for not buying people gifts because I just can't afford it. <laughs> you are the worst. I, I know I'm not getting anything for Christmas by the sound of it. Uh, but no, basically, I just like to spread it out a bit just so that, yeah, no financial strain mm. and I, don't, I can't deal with the stress. No, I'm always a last minute. Every year, if there's a 24-hour sale going on somewhere, I'm there or else it's just Christmas Eve. Wow. Mm. 13, 12, 16, have you started your Christmas shopping? Where are you at? Is it too early? Are you like Amy? Do you do it last minute? Have you had it done forever? Yeah. Give us a call. We want to know. We want to know when you started Christmas shopping or if you're like me, you're normal. uh, (laughs) And you do it right before Christmas. A last minute crazy person. 13, 12, 16, have you started your Christmas shopping? We're talking Christmas shopping because my partner has already finished his. Yeah, that's insane. And I'm a late shopper, so I like to have it as part of the whole Christmas experience, and I generally do it uh, a day or two beforehand. Yeah, it's my least favourite part of the Christmas (laughs) experience, so I like to spread it out over a few pays. Otherwise, you've got to dip into the savings, and it's a pain, and it's just a financial burden that I don't need, Amy. No, no, no one needs it, but um, I still do it anyway. Yeah, that's right. So we want to know on 13, 12, 16, Jeff has called through. Jeff, have you started your Christmas shopping yet? Uh, I've got a big family. It is a massive job and I get started in about July. I make an entire list and I'm happy to say I'm already finished. Wow, you've finished. That's an amazing effort. It's my project literally for the year. Um, I've got 16 family members who all come together at least. That's if there's not new bubs born each year. Um, Yeah, I'm sorted. Oh, but what about like birthdays and stuff? Like I don't even think about Christmas shopping until December and even then I'm like, I'm not ready for it. What? When are you like planning birthdays and Easter well, and all that kind of stuff? Well, a, a, lot of the, a lot of these people are like extended family, so I'm not seeing all of them for, for birthdays and Easter and things like that. So Christmas is when our family just goes to town and every single person in the family, mum just did it from when we were a kid, literally halfway through the year, you start thinking about it. No, I completely get that. Like I said, I, I can't take the stress of doing it all last minute, but uh, starting in July, mate, I've got to tip, me, tip my cap to you. That is organised. 
Christmas in July. That's where it comes from. Brilliant. Can't argue with that. Thanks for your call, mate. A woman has just gone viral because she posted on, uh, I think it was Facebook, about something she found in her boyfriend's sock drawer. Okay. Was it Dirty Magazines or what no. year is it? <laughs> Magazine. An old naughty VHS? <laughs> no, she found um, an engagement ring. Okay, so, well, why would that upset her? Well, uh, you would think she'd be pretty happy about it, but no, she didn't like the ring. And not only did she not like the ring and address it with him or, I don't know, just accept the fact that he's bought her a beautiful ring, she posted it on Facebook and said, this is what she's written, Ew, self-shame Friday, here I come, found this in my boyfriend's nightstand, not a fan. Please let me know how I can tactically say no to him and get another ring. First of all, going to Facebook with that is not the way to tactfully do anything. Second of all, I immediately hate this woman. And I'm looking at the ring. There's nothing wrong with it. How ungrateful. Oh, my goodness. The poor man has probably spent three months saving up for this ring, and Ugh. she's going, ew, gross. Yeah, that's not on. I don't want the ring. I, I want something different. Okay, so I basically, I was scared of this sort of thing happening because mm. I don't, I, I can't pick jewellery. I don't know how to do it. It's not where my skills lie. No, it is a very personal thing. Yeah, so when, uh, when uh, Carly and I got engaged, actually, the more I think about it, the more I was cornered into this. Carly <laughs> hit me up one day and said, no pressure. Yeah. But I have been into the jewellers and they showed me a really nice diamond. Maybe you could go in and have a look. Maybe we could design something around it. And so she really got the ball rolling. So there was really no chance of me messing this one up. She's done really well there. Very tactfully. uh, Let's just have a a conversation about this and really steered you in the right direction. She really (laughs) did. There was, And to be honest, I agreed because Mm. there's no way I wanted her to be have a ring that she was going to wear for the rest of her life that she didn't like. Exactly. Still, ew, gross. That's horrendous. That woman is so rude. Well, my girlfriend um, had something similar. She didn't have this reaction. She just said, look, it's not my style, and it's not. Uh, So she obviously accepted her ring, but then later on somehow managed to get a second ring that she now wears. Oh, I hate her as well. (laughs) Oh, my God, all these people are the worst. God, I'm just realising how lucky I got. Yeah, you did. (laughs) All right, let's go. For your local Telstra stores. Mildura Central and Lime Avenue. One letter, 10 questions, 30 seconds, your chance to win $500. That's how we play Alpha Bucks. And Tamara joins us on the line to play. How you doing, Tamara? Good, thanks. What do you What do you think you'd do with 500 bucks if you were lucky today? Uh, bills. <laughs> bills. Oh, amazing. Not yeah. a lot of fun, but yeah, no, I, I feel you. I get that. <laughs> Practical. Now, um, you've been listening in. You know how to play. So you've got one letter, 10 questions, 30 seconds, uh, and your letter today is H. Now, that's H for Harry. Are you ready to play tomorrow? Yes. Fantastic. Your time will start after Amy has asked her first question. Good luck. Okay. Name a tool. Hammer. Name a Victorian town. Hope Town. Yeah. Something with four legs. Claude. Name a boy's name. Harry. Name a type of sauce. Horseradish. Name an Olympic sport. Hurdle. Name a type of nut. Hazelnut. Name something you eat at breakfast. Hash brown. Name a brand of chocolate. Hershey. Name a shape. Oh! 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 oh, I thought you were going to be no. there. You were so close. You were half a second off winning $500. Damn it. 
Oh my oh, god, what a great off. run! Oh, <laughs> oh I'm just I'm one. Oh, I was on the edge of my seat, Tamara. I thought you had that. I mean oh. the second you used my hometown of Hopeton as yep. your letter for H, I was I was cheering for you. <laughs> no, uh, you did really well, Tamara. I just, oh, it's a shame we can't get that last one through. It really is. My apologies. Oh. I wish I could give you 500 bucks right now. You were so close, but a better luck next time. I'm sorry. I'll try again. Oh, definitely do. I want you to, I want to see you win. So we're going to be playing Alpha Bucks again tomorrow morning about the same time. So be listening for your chance to win. Right now, though, here's George Ezra on Sunrise Hit 99.5. We've got Daniel from The Bachelorette on the line. Daniel, how are you going? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Mate, fantastic to have you on the line, but we're a bit bummed to see you leave so early. How'd you feel about not getting a rose last night? Um, I was definitely devastated, um, but look, I've had time to obviously reflect and I've got nothing but positive thoughts. So yeah, I, 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 the whole experience was great. Um, just obviously last night, devastating. Yeah, of course, of course. Now, um, just before the rose ceremony, you did want to say something to Ali, but you didn't get a chance to. What did you want to talk to her about? Yeah, look, it was nothing too special. Um, so I did get a chance to say to her what I wanted to say. Uh, just Rob cut us out afterwards, uh, luckily. But I just pretty much said to her that I was ready to drop my guard, um, put myself out there and just sort of take that plunge, not really knowing how far I could fall. Now, you didn't get heaps of time with Ali, well, not that we saw. Uh, do you feel you could have had a connection with her if you stayed a bit longer? Yeah, like I definitely had a connection and we built on it every time we spoke, um, hence why I was there in the top five, yep. just that unfortunately the viewers didn't get to see that. But at every cocktail party, I definitely spoke to her and, uh, and did some special things for her. So yeah, there was definitely a connection there. Now, we've got the remaining four who are um, going on and we've got the next episode tonight. Now, who do you think out of them is actually there for, genuinely for a chance of love? Um, look, I'm definitely going to go with Tate. Um, he's just a well-grounded, genuine person, um, and I think he can definitely take us to the end. And who you reckon he's going to be in the top two? Who will be the other one? Um, I'm going to go with Bill. Again, genuine, down-to-earth person. Um, yeah, I can easily see him taking it to the end. Oh, nice. Well, I've got Bill in the sweep, so <laughs> the office <laughs> sweep. So, <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Daniel. It's been great to chat to you, and uh, we just want to wish you good luck with your chance of love. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Catch up on everything Amy and Billows at hit.com.au.